You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. And of course, a major word in Psalm 96 and 7 is give. I want to talk about one antithesis of give, that being to withhold. To withhold. First definition of withhold is to refuse to do. You just refuse to do something. And, and it's a wonderful thing to refuse to do something that you ain't got no business doing anyway. However, it's dangerous to refuse to do something that God has ordered you to do. But when you withhold, you just refuse to do. Second definition of withhold is to suppress. To suppress is when you consciously resist or you resist consciously. You know you shouldn't resist because it's the right thing, but you have made a choice to resist despite it being something you should do. How many understand? And it's important to understand that as People of God, when it comes to sin, we should withhold. But when it comes to doing what is right or just, we should not withhold. Amen? Amen. To give. Look at some definitions of, of give. To give theologically means to devote yourself wholly unto God or things that pertain to God. You're going to give God your your best. If you're hurting, it means you're going to be limited, but you're going to give God your best despite the pain. Because you understand whether all is well or whether you're going through a little something that you should give yourself entirely to your creator. How many agree with that? Because God been better to us than anybody. So, So we shouldn't allow pain to stop us from giving him our all. We shouldn't allow Having 
what we call a bad week stop us from giving God the praise. We should give God our best. To give also is to communicate or to make something known. To communicate or to make something known. You let folks know how much you appreciate them. You make it known by by doing certain things. By saying certain things. You're giving yourself. To give from a biblical standpoint is often tied into the word sacrifice. Even God himself would tell folk to sacrifice. And when it comes to sacrifice from a biblical standpoint is when God asks you to give something that is special to you. Something valuable to you. Something that, that you prayed for and God blessed you with it But then he turns around and asks you to give it back. Such as when Abraham and Sarah prayed for a child. And God miraculously blessed them with Isaac. But then God turned around and said, hey, Abraham, I want you to take Isaac and offer him as A sacrifice. I know he's special to you. But I want you to sacrifice. I know he's valuable. Because you tried for years to have a child. You and your wife. And it didn't happen. So so I know he's valuable to you. But I want you to sacrifice him. And so he took Isaac up on the mountain. And was prepared to sacrifice his son. And if you've read the story, you know that God stopped him and said to him, Hey, now I know you will not withhold anything from me because you were willing to sacrifice your son. And sometimes God will... We'll see if you're willing to give certain things in order for him to determine or to show you why you will receive certain things or why you will not. See, when God, when God saw that Abraham would give his son, he decreed upon him Jehovah Jireh, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to make sure you have. Matter of fact, Abraham, look in every direction because as far as you can see, I'm going to bless you with everything that you see. But he did it because of his heart. Abraham had a heart to give. 
He chose to give God that which was special, that which was valuable to him. Some of us, God has tested us with little bitty things and we won't give. I'm going to say something y'all may not agree with me, but I'm going to say it anyway. You probably won't agree with me by the way I'm going to say it. But, but I'm going to say it because it's really true. God asked for a tithe. That's a little bit of thing. I know you have some folk get up here act like tithe is just a great thing. But tithe is a little thing. It's 10% of what you earn. 10%. That's it. Now God is the one that blessed you to make all of it. Because every good and every perfect gift is from God. But then he turns around and says, look, I just want a tenth. I want a tithe. Some folks won't even give God that little bitty amount. Because we, we act like it's just so big. And really it's embarrassing when you, when you consider a dime out of a dollar and God gave you the whole dollar and he asking for a dime you think that's big it's really sad when, when you receive God's tithes and offering preachers or deacons and you act as if it's a big thing it's small you go, so you gonna give me a dollar are you going to make sure that I get a paycheck every week? And all you want me to do is give you 10 back. You don't want me to give you 10 back. God, come on now. You, you just want 10%. That's how we should take it because it's so small. But do you know some folk have a problem with giving God Something small. But then to turn around and want God to do something big. And, and could actually, actually know that they, they will not obey God in giving and, and have the nerve to pray about him blessing them. With something great. Ain't that crazy? That's a double-minded person, isn't it? And a double-minded person is not going to receive anything from God. But see, when you give, God knows that he can trust you. He knows that he can trust you. And when Abraham did that, he said, he said hey, I, I can trust you. I done provided a ram in the thicket, Abraham. Sacrifice that ram. And from that point on, God just continued to bless Abraham because Abraham was a constant giver. And then David turned around and walked in the same steps of Abraham. Get to the New Testament, 
uh, and you consider Romans the fourth chapter, Paul walked in the same steps as Abraham, David, and others who were givers. Paul talked about how it, how it, how when it comes to giving, it was basically an act of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Giving is something that God has ordained for his children to do. But he wants them to give according to the written and the spoken word. Your giving should, should never be based upon what you think. Or what you believe. It should always be based upon what God's word says. Even when you consider what you should, what you should give, which is according to scripture, you should base it on where you are in life. As well as where you want to be in life. He who soweth sparingly shall weep sparingly. He who sows abundantly shall reap abundantly. Whatever is in your heart, give and watch God reward you. That's the bottom line. Giving is important. It's very important. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever become religious when it comes to your giving. Don't ever be demonic when it comes to your giving. What do you mean by religious? See, see religious folks think that they are doing God a favor. When they put certain things in the offering. They think they're doing God a favor. And, and some religious folks say, well, uh, let's just decide what we're going to give to the church. We'll let our dues be $5 a month. And that's what they'll give. Because that's what they have chosen to give. But, but consider that they're doing God a favor. But then some folks become demonic when it comes to giving. Because they will withhold gifts because they think that the money is going to the preacher. All the preacher wants is money. And so what they'll do, they'll become demonic and say, I, I can't give because it's all going to the preacher. And so they'll fight what God wants them to do because of being demonic, religious, or selfish. And see, God does not want us to be religious, demonic, or selfish 
when it comes to our giving simply because, and you can read this without even turning the page, God loves a cheerful giver. When it comes to giving, God just, just asking you to be according to his word. And when it comes to your attitude, cheerful. Cheerful. Don't get upset. Don't, don't give it if it's making you mad. Keep it. Because God loves what? A cheerful giver. That's what he wants. He wants a cheerful giver. He, he wants somebody that, that's happy to do exactly what his word states. Exactly what is being revealed. He loves a cheerful giver. Every time you give him his tithe, but you're upset about it, God is not loving on you. He ain't loving on you. Yeah, you giving him his tithe, but look at your attitude. You got to have the right attitude when it comes to giving to God. Where my amen cone at? I got to find it. You have to have the right attitude. And so the, the psalmist, he talks about giving here in Psalm 96 and 7. He talks about giving. And if you'll notice, he mentions give two times in this little verse. Followed by asking his audience to give two things to God. Now, reason I stress two is because two is important when it comes to the text, but two is important also from a theological and a biblical standpoint. Two is first the number of witness. When you understand two, you know, you know from a biblical standpoint, when you operate in twos, you are being proof of something. Especially when it comes to the things of God, we need to be living proof that God exists. Living proof that God would do everything he said plus. I said everything he said plus. What does, what does the scripture tell us? He would do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. And we need to be proof that God would do exactly that. But then two is also the number of testimony. I'm not going to Revelations uh, 12 and 11. But in Revelations 12 and 11. It, it reveals that a testimony is so powerful that it can help people overcome or get the victory. To overcome is to get the victory. You can actually be facing giants going through warfare. But when you think back on your testimony or somebody else's testimony, it can help you overcome whatever you're facing. <laughs> 
Matter of fact, how, how many of us have, have ever encouraged ourselves because of certain testimonies in our life? You, you've been down, but you've been saying, hey, this gonna, it's, it's going to pass. God going to make me better because he did it last time. And if he did it last time and the time before that, he going to do it now. Then you're bringing your scripture because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. And so you use your own testimony to help you overcome. Your own testimony to help you overcome. You use your own testimony to to let you know that when it comes to giving, that, that giving can be your way out. But I got to say something when it comes to being proof, at, at, when it comes to proof and testimony and giving, you can't be pseudo. You can't be false. I'm going to show you why. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Let's go to uh, Proverbs. I want to show you this. I want to go to Proverbs 25. You need to see this. Proverbs 25 and 14. Now notice this, this verse is about testifying as well as giving. Notice this, Proverbs 25 and 14. Whoever falsely boasts of giving, ooh, here we go, is like clouds and wind without Rain. It ain't nothing like needing rain and then you look up and see clouds like it's just finna pour down. But it never happened. See, don't don't talk about being a giver, but you don't give. Don't boast about giving, but you wait until folks say, do what you can. Bring your best. And that's been your testimony for 10 years. You ain't no real giver. You still at the bottom when it comes to your giving. You've been stuck on a $5 offering for 50 years and tell folks you, you ain't no giver. See, when you really know God will bless you for giving, that he'll really do the good measure, the press down, the shaking together, and the running over. When you give him five and he bless you, you're going to come back with a 10, with a 20, with a 50, with a 100. Why? Because you don't recognize, man, this really works. But when you boast about giving and you ain't giving, You just trying to impress folk. I better move on. That, that's touchy right there. That's touchy. Say to your neighbor, our testimony needs to be real. When we tell folks we are givers, they need to see the proof. It's no way you're going to be a giver and God not bless you. In every aspect of 
your life. Luke 6 and 38 is not a fairy tale. It's not a false statement. Give and it shall be given how good? Press, shaken, and running. Matthew 7 and 7 is, is not a fairy tale. 7 and 7 and 8. Give and it shall be given. Ask and it shall be given. For everyone that asks shall what? Receive. That ain't no fairy tale. If you ask, God will give you certain things. If you ask according to his word and you stay in line with the word. You have to understand that. And and so, he wanted them to give two things. And I want you to notice what he he deems the people that he wanted to give two things. Notice notice this again. He calls them here in Psalms 96 and 7. Families of the people. I want to give you the primitive root for families of the people. The primitive root is servants of a household. That's who he's talking to. He's talking to servants of a household. A church is synonymous with a household. A church is a place where people of God serve, number one, the creator, but secondly, one another as well as others. Servants of a household. That's who he's talking to. And and if you truly are a member of God's church, you know what it is to serve. You don't come to church just to come. Because you understand serving is about worshiping. Oh, you're going to clap. Why? You're serving. You're going to wave your hand. Why? You're serving. You're going to do what the Bible tells you to do in church. Why? You are a servant. Now, if you're religious, you'll just wait to to a good old song come that you like, and then you'll clap your hands and everything, because that's what you do. You're religious. They got to get you happy before you get the clapping, before you get the turning in victory, because you're not a servant. But see, when you're a true servant, you don't wait on the band. You come in the house with thanksgiving. You come in the house with joy. You come in the house with a praise. Nobody has to bring the praise out of you. You bring the praise in the house. Why? You are a servant. You ain't no spectator. You know how some folks, you look at them and they just. That's a spectator. 
servant may look, but why a servant is looking, the servant is giving God the glory, giving God the praise, giving God what's due to his name. But sometimes when, when God blesses folk, they get too pretty to serve. Then, then sometimes it is that folks just get a little pride and not like they don't have to serve. You know what I mean? Then you can have a certain position and feel like you don't have to serve. So, he, so he's talking to the servants and he's telling the servants what he needs. Now what, what really gets me is what he's telling the servants that they need to do. They should already know it. So, so in one sense when I look at the verse it, it's like he, he, he had to be reminding them that this is what they need to do. And, and sometimes you have to do that as a pastor. Because you get Folk that for some reason or another they get a little sedity in church. They they become too sophisticated for church. Girl, I look good. I I couldn't sweat out my hair. I got I got I'm going out this evening. See, you done got too sophisticated for your own good. Nothing should stop you from giving God the praise. Nothing should stop you from giving God the glory. When, when I first got saved, I, I, used to, I used to invite folk to church, and when they would come to church with me, I would hold back. Why? Because I know. I said, look now, we going in here, these folk be clapping, they be dancing and so forth. Like, as you say, them folk. Because when I would bring somebody to church, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I'd be holding back, be doing that little pretty thing. Like how y'all be doing that, just like that little pretty clap you got. Sophisticants. And I'm going to know sometimes God just has to remind you. One thing God told me, make sure I said in reference to this verse before I start dealing with it. The two things it is to let his folks know exactly what he said through the Apostle Paul. You have been... Purchase with a price. You are not your own. 
First thing Jesus told his, his disciples, he said, look, y'all coming after me? You going to follow me? You going to be servants like me? Deny yourself. Deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. And so he, he wanted them to do two things. And again, I believe it was a reminder. And I know it's going to be a reminder when it comes to a lot of us. The first thing that he wanted them to do. Notice in the text. Ready? He wanted them to give the Lord glory. Give God glory. In the Hebrew, glory is the word kabod. Kabod primarily speaks about the weight of God. Weight equates significance and importance. And so what he was saying to them, I I need you to go back to giving God his weight or letting him know how important he is. Because sometimes folk come to church, they, they act like they are the important ones instead of God being the important one. I want you to give him his glory. I, I want you to give him glory. I want you to let him know how important he is to you. I want you to let him know that without him, you would be nothing. Look at the text. Give him glory. Give him kabod. Let him know that he is the important one. Let him know that, that you are blessed, but you wouldn't have what you have if it had not been for him. You wouldn't be where you are if it had not been for him. You wouldn't stay where you stay. You wouldn't drive what you drive if it had not been for him. Give him his kabod. Give him his weight. Give him glory. And see, every time you you give God glory in the church, you're letting him know, I know how important you are. But see, it needs to be to the point to where when you worship him, you're you're conscious of how important you are. Because if, if not, you'll become religious. You'll be trying to, you'll be getting into the song instead of getting into the one that the song is about. And that could have been the problem that, that, that they, were, they were clapping for God, but they were not as conscious as they needed to be about him. Or giving him lip service instead of giving him true worship. You know what John 4, and through 24 says in part? God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And get this, for God seeks for such. In other words, God said, I, I got to see if they, they really true when, it, when, it, when they tell me that they're giving me glory. Or they just trying to make somebody shout. They just want somebody to see them. Psalmist say, give him glory. How many God important to you? 
I don't know about you, but it's not a day goes by to where I say, Lord, if, if you don't give me guidance, I'm going to mess myself up. Lord, if, Lord if, you don't, if you don't help me make it through the day, I don't know what's going to happen with my mind. Because sometimes you can have so much on your plate, you, you don't know what to do. But God, who is omniscient, will put it to you so plain, so simple. Walker, all I want you to do today is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Woo! Thank you, Lord. I never would have figured that out. I give you glory. You are so valuable to me. I would not have known what steps to take if it had not been for you. See, he, just, he does not just want glory in the church. He wants glory Monday through Monday. Every single day. How do we say it? 24-7. He wants glory. He wants you to give him glory. Let him know how important he is to you. Matter of fact, let's just go ahead and boast right now. Tell somebody God is so important to me. And I'm going to tell you one reason why he's important. Go ahead and tell that person. Let me show you something. Let's go to Psalm 138. Y'all stay with me. Psalm 138 and 5. Y'all ready? Yes, they shall sing of the ways of who? For great is the glory of who? Now notice again because I don't want you to miss this. Yes, they shall sing of the? Of who? For great is the what? Of who? See, one way that you can identify God's glory is in his ways or his doings. I mean, I mean look at yourself. Look, look, at, look at how far God has brought you. That lets you know how glorious he is. I mean, I mean think about when, when folk who know your past, look at you. Know where you done came from. And, and, and turn around and say, you mean to tell me you in church? You off the rock now? Girl, you look good now. Look like no harm now, but you used to look like a trap. But oh God, you look... And, and see, even though folks may not know certain words to say, they are giving God the glory because of what they see that God has done in you. His glory can be seen in his ways or his doings. And that's the reason I like to tell folk how God done blessed me.
Yes, I do. Do you like to tell folk how God done bless you? Seen somebody I hadn't seen in, in 40 some years. They, they, they said, man, what, what a party at tonight. I, I said, look, I, don't, I ain't got no idea, but you know what? We're we going to be having a party Sunday morning. He said, man, that's an odd time to have a party. Where y'all having a party at? I said, you know what a men club is? Or used to be? Yeah, yeah. On that street? Man, they got, they got club over there. Man, just come over there. Just come on over. Come on over. Right where the men club used to be. See, you have to let folk know that the reason you are doing as well as you are doing is because of God's glory. His ways, his doings. I tell folks, there's no way I would have stopped doing what I used to do if it hadn't been for God. What about you? Well, I ain't really never did anything. See, you was a liar. So you show need to let folk know he stopped me from lying or thinking I was better than other folk. I never did get out there and all that dirt. Yeah, but you had some dirt. Your dirt may not have been as stank as my dirt, but it was stank. Why? We are all born into sin. Paul's stank. Shape in iniquity. Am I right? So you got to let folks know. Even if you have to, you know, I never did get into all that drinking and so forth. But, you know, I found out that I needed Jesus. Because I thought I was all right and I was going to automatically go to heaven because I wasn't doing that. But I found out that I was born in the. You have to give him the glory. I mean, understand. And finally, in my clothes, give him Strength. Give him strength. And when it comes to giving God strength, it's acknowledging him, number one, as creator. Because God as creator reveals how much strength he has. So much strength to where he, he could just speak and things just started coming into existence. Do you know it takes power to just say something? And whatever is said, it manifests. Man, that, that is some power. And, and church folks hadn't had really got how, how much power is in words. Let, let me just break it down because some of y'all looking at me like, like, I'm, like I'm telling a lie. I ain't telling no lie. I'm, I'm going to break it down. Y'all ready? 
It's some church folk, I can speak a word of healing, and you just, you just don't understand how powerful that word of healing is. You still got to come to the altar and let me lay these little, these little hands on you. <laughs> Baby girl, I, I spoke something that's more powerful than laying on hands. When God got ready to create, he didn't, he didn't get no hand and start create. He just said, let there be. Only time he got to using them hands when, when he decided he going to make a man. Then he formed man from the dust of the earth. But when it came to him creating, causing things to come into existence, you know what he did? He spoke it. And sometime I can be up here, I can say, God says, turn around. And some will be like, I'm going to need him to pray that things change for me. I'm going up that time service is over because I need some things to change. But I just spoke, turn around. Turn around equals change. Just receive the word because there is strength in the word. He created everything with the word. And get this. We are created in his image, in his likeness. That's the reason you have the authority to just say things and cause things to come into being. You ain't, you ain't got to wonder. You can just start speaking according to what has been written and what has been revealed and it'll start taking place. Before I go anywhere, I say, Lord, let blessings be waiting on me. Matter of fact, Lord, on my, on my way down, if need be, if it's a blessing before I even get to my destination, let the blessings come before I even get there. And sometime before I even get to my ultimate destination, God is blessing me right, left, or left, right. Why? Because I have spoken like I'm God because I'm in the image of God. I'm not God. But because I have been created in his likeness, in his image, I can speak and things come into existence. But I, I have to believe that. But if I'm speaking, you're healed and you don't receive it when I'm speaking, you don't understand the power of the word. Of the spoken word. I'm in understanding. Now the psalmist did. I'm going to show you something. Let's go to Psalms uh, 18, I think. Lord of mercy, I'm close. Oh, Jesus. Y'all all right? I know sometimes I say things that may vex you. But I have to say them because he tell me. Yeah. And I be like, Lord, they ain't going to like that. But I'm going to say it because you told me to say it. Because sometimes God needs to hit us. What the old folk call it, step on our what? Sometimes he needs to do it. In order for us to see ourselves. You agree? But notice Psalms 18. Y'all there? 32. Notice what the psalmist recognized. He says, it is God who arms 
me with what? Strength. And see, sometimes when, when, we, when we acknowledge God's strength, we let him know that we know he's omnipotent. He has all power. We have to further let him know, Lord, I thank you for giving me strength. Moses understood it to the point to where he, he told the people of God that he has given us power to get wealth. Then Paul, hundreds of years later in Philippians, the fourth chapter and the 13th verse, came out with, with a revelation. I can do all things. Why, Paul? Because he's strengthening me. Because Christ strengthening me. I, I can do this because he, he's strengthening me. Yeah, it, it, it's gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to do this and it's going to work out. How do you know it's going to work out? Because he strengthening me. And notice again what the psalmist says. He armed me with strength. How many know God gave you power to do? Power to create. If you're created in his image, in his likeness, that means you can cause some things to come into existence if you walk in it according to his word. What you mean walk in? You believe it and stand on it. See, when you speak it, stand on what you, what you done spoke and watch God do it. Instead of doing the opposite, killing yourself with your tongue. Yeah, Some, sometimes we talk like we ain't, we ain't been on by God. I say sometimes we talk like we have not received strength from God. I don't know what I'm going to do. What? I thought you, you were saved. I thought you were Christian. What you mean you don't know what you're going to do? Well, there you go, trying to be Bible on me. Well, well what I'm supposed to be, I'm, I'm your pastor. I'm man of God. I live according to what you want me to say. Have a pity party with you. Say to your neighbor, you ain't got no business talking down. And you know God has strengthened you. Paul, Paul so understood the power of God. You know what he said? He said, y'all know what? I know how to live whether I got a whole lot or whether I don't have nothing. I know how to do. I know how to act. I know how to function. I know how to do what I need to do. Why do you know that, Paul? Because I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Man, I'm going through rough times right now, but yeah, I hear you rough time, but talk, about, talk to me. What's going on with them rough times? But I'm handling. I'm handling things, though. Put it in your own words. Do like Paul. Put it in your own words as long as it's synonymous with the scripture. Go ahead and put it in your own words. Hey, everything going, bro. I'm handling things, Walk. I'm handling things. God, God, God gave me a little power. I'm handling things. However you want to put it, put it in your own words, but never 
allow yourself to talk that which is contrary to this right here. Because when he says give God strength, that does, that does not just mean to let God know how powerful he is, but to give him the praise for giving you power. Giving you power to be where you are right now. Because we got power to overcome whatever we're going through. First John 5 and 4, the victory that overcomes the world. World being problem, situation, circumstances, etc. Is our faith. That means every time you get the word, God is empowering you to deal with whatever you're facing in life. You should leave here stronger every week. Don't do like them fake folks used to do. They, I, I remember before you said, I'm putting on my helmet. I'm putting on my breastplate. I'm showing my feet. Look, you ain't got to go through all that. Just walk in what God said. And watch him manifest his anointing in your life. Watch God manifest his anointing that destroys how many yokes? If you're strong, poverty can't keep you down. I said poverty can't keep you down if you have been owned by God. Well, you know, my folk were poor and, and I'm poor, so I guess we were just meant to be poor. I thought you child of God. I thought you John 10, 10. You understand that he came that you might have and have it. But it will not take place if you don't walk in your strength. How many believe God has armed you? How many are receiving the word? So you'll notice again that he wanted families, servants of household to give God glory and strength. And we have left the page because God likewise wants us to give him glory and strength. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.